0: Iowa Everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now it's time for two guys named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. What's going on? Welcome to two guys named Chris here, a little Monday, the twelfth of December edition. And my name is Chris Williams. And as always, by Chris Hassel. What's up, brother?
1: You, you all right, man? You you're in a you're in a recliner today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am. I got like kids' toys in the background. No, I'm I'm continuing to have um, inconsistent internet, so I'm plugged in today, so that we can have a so that we can have a good show.
1: Um, mediacom, I swear man I swear
0: I'm probably not gonna be with mediacom very much longer <sighs> put it that way uh well, it's just like one day I pay for a gig, mm-hmm. and one day like my upload speeds are in the like four hundreds and then the next day, like today they were literally in, like it was getting like one was the internet speed when I checked <sighs> it so now I'm plugged in and we're good we we're, we're we're good the rest okay. of okay. Uh, thanks to Fairway Meat and Grocery for sponsoring two guys named Chris. Holidays coming up. I think I know what I'm going to do because I'm not going to a bowl game this year, so I'm actually going to be around. I think I'm going to do a big prime rib Oh, from Fairway out on my smoker. What do you think about nice. that? Nice.
1: So my dad does a prime rib every Christmas. That's a Christmas tradition now. And nothing better. He doesn't smoke it, though. I've never had a smoked one.
0: you, like, sear it? It's pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm. pretty damn good. Mm. Mm. Looking forward to that. Um, so get out to fairway. Uh, plan ahead a little bit this year. I'm assuming, like, everything's, like, picked over just across. Like, is that the same way with meat?
1: What, you get picked over meat? You get If you if you wait like, too long, you get left with the old meat?
0: So we go down. No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But, like, we – I always cut down a Christmas tree for our family. That's, mm-hmm. that's how we do it every year. And, like, even trees were, like, picked over this year. Like, you couldn't even get a damn tree. Like, we had to get, like, a frickin' Charlie Brown tree this year. It's unbelievable. And they're like, well, you know, inflation. I'm like, how the hell does that what? impact trees? Well, the t- uh, trees aren't growing at the rate that they were before. Not like inflation. <laughs> you know, that COVID vaccine came out and all the trees, uh, you know, anyways – um, we have a lot to get to. We actually have stuff like we actually have breaking news this morning and you you're the one who's kind of catch me up on a couple of stories today, <sighs> Hassel, because we, we had a whole show planned, but we want to be topical as well. Brett McMurphy's got a report about the big 12. Is that what I saw?
1: Yes. Uh, McMurphy is reporting that, um, could be, 2024 is when Oklahoma and Texas bolt for the SEC which would be a little bit early but still when the news came out that they were going to be leaving for the SEC and then the Big 12 was going to be bringing teams in in 23 I thought that they would get to a point where everybody would just get it done in 23 Texas, Oklahoma get out BYU, Houston, UCF etc. come in Uh, But it sounds like there is momentum going towards some kind of an agreement between Oklahoma, Texas and the Big 12 to to leave ahead of the 24 season. So that would mean just one more season with those schools, one season of overlap with the four new schools coming in, which is just weird. And the, the tweet from McMurphy says there's growing sentiment and momentum for OU and Texas to leave the Big 12 early and join the SEC in 2024. Still obstacles remaining for it to occur, but the climate is right and decision could be reached by next month, according to his sources.
0: Yeah, this doesn't really surprise me at all, especially once you saw the Big 12 come to its media rights deal with ESPN. It kind of felt like there was some sort of a carve out baked into that that would be mutually beneficial to both i mean if you remember hassle even just a year ago the big 12 was basically at like war with espn you had its commissioner accusing them of sabotaging the league you know for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. it felt like when that came out and espn is such a big part of this big 12 deal that there would be some sort of a move. Because the way that the ESPN views the conference, they're all properties, right? They're all mm-hmm. their assets. So you, you know what the most surprising part of this to me is that it, it's not even going to be for next year. I, I, I kind of thought. That, that- that's
1: exactly my first thought, too. I, I, I thought that all this would happen at the same exact time. And my and it guess should. is it, it should. My guess is uh, Texas and Oklahoma don't want to cut that huge check to the Big 12 and they're trying to keep as much money as possible and keep that payout down. And the Big 12 is I mean the Big 12 probably at this point, I mean, why not hold them hostage a little bit, make them pay that fee.
0: If they want if they want to get out then, make them pay it. Yeah, and and that's where I just wonder if ESPN's not playing like a mediator between the two. Mm-hmm. And saying, "Okay, we're going to overpay you a little bit for your rights here." But you've got to let these guys out so that we can make it back with the SEC here. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Just kind of um, kind of where my mind's at potentially, but okay. so that's one big story. What's the, the other, other one, one? one? This one's also huge.
1: involves well, the big twelve and the SEC for the most part. Texas head men's basketball coach Chris Beard was arrested overnight, charged and booked on third-degree assault against a family member, according to several writers, including Matt Norlander from CBS Sports, Dana O'Neill as well. It's third-degree felony assault on a family member slash impeding breadth circulation. Which what does that mean? In Texas, it's strangulation, choking, smothering, something of that effect. So that's that's huge news, obviously, and it's still very early. This just came out an hour, well, not even an hour, 30 minutes before we, we came on the air. So there aren't many details at this point, but uh, certainly a serious uh, situation there in Austin. Man, I don't even know how to comment on that one. And it's hard to because well, yeah. you don't have the details. You don't want to speculate, and a lot of people are going to be listening to the podcast 10, 12 hours after we record this, where there could be yeah more stuff coming out about this.
0: All right, we'll leave but, it at that.
1: But this and, all on the heels, Chris, of of the news last night that Mike Leach is in yeah. critical condition.
0: Yeah, the, none of these three stories is what we were planning on leading with today. The, the Leach deal, anybody who's listened to me over the years knows my <laughs> love for this man. Um, just like many. I mean, he's such a likable figure in college football. He just makes you laugh. He, we'll, we'll just kind of wait and see and, and hope for the best. But it sounded like, um, from what the reports were, a massive heart attack for Mississippi State's head coach, which is just. You
1: know, we we throw the, the, the term national treasure out there a lot for yeah. some people that some people you joke about. Some people don't necessarily deserve that title. Mike, Mike Leach, that he is. He's he is college football. He is everything that's great about it. Doesn't take himself too seriously, which is almost impossible to find these days among the the, the top coaches in the country. And uh, everybody's pulling for him. I mean, I
0: my my favorite thing about Leach, it, on top of all the you know the great one-liners he constantly gives us, and how you're right about not taking yourself too seriously. But I love the fact if you look at the jobs that he's had, right? Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State. This Mm -hmm. is a guy who goes off the beaten path. Like, he's never at these prime jobs. And there's probably a reason for that. I don't know if he'd fit too well in Austin, (laughs) (laughs) right? But I just love Mm -hmm. that about him. I, I admire that about being an Iowa State guy, especially, right? Like, sure. We are considered one of those types of jobs. And, like, and Leach just. He's won everywhere he's gone at places that are traditionally very difficult to win at. And I he's a really special guy. We, one of the highlights of my career is we got to have him on Ross and I got to interview him before the Alma bowl when I was state huh. played them. And it was just, he was giving us like tips on wedding advice. And like, it was, it was fantastic. It was really cool to be able to cover that game uh, where he was playing and, Dan McCarney so he was in the Big 12 when I first started in my career and Dan McCarney always was telling great Mike Leach stories. So let's hope that he let's hope he kicks out of that. Okay, before we get to the sports, we should probably lighten it up for a minute. Yeah. Recap Vegas that. just oh, a little bit. God. My eyes are still puffy from Vegas. Thanks to Circa for uh rolling out the red carpet for us. It was really an incredible experience. I I've been to Vegas a handful of times. I had never actually been to Circa to stay, and it was phenomenal in every way, from being picked up in a limo to uh, having the stadium swim girls at our show (laughs) 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 to the sports book, which would have been better if Iowa State could have competed uh, on Thursday night in the Seahawks game, but man, we just that was as fun of a couple of days as I've had in a really long time, and cheers to you, man. We had a we had a really good time. We got on a heater playing blackjack Thursday night too. Oh that my god, epic! Uh, we the uh, Zoomway, Zoom Wa. what was her name? Yeah, Zoom Way. I Zoom Way. Yeah, we absolutely dominated her. Um, no, but that a really was good time, my
1: amazing. friend. Amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I was really only on the ground there for 36 hours or so. I felt like I was up the whole time, just partying the whole time. Sitting there in the sports book, every single game you could imagine, every single bet you could possibly place right in front of you. Mate, you lost a little bit of money in the sports book, but I give oh. you credit. You won it all back and then
0: some <laughs> at that blackjack table, man. You were rocking and rolling. I got destroyed at the sports book last week. Like, it for a guy who bets on sports a lot, I, if I placed 10 bets, I lost nine of them. I think the Iowa State, <laughs> Iowa. I think the Iowa State-Iowa under was the only bet that I won the entire week. Oh, I got the first touchdown, too, in the Thursday night. Oh, game. yeah, you did. Josh Jacobs, yeah. yeah. But other than that, no, we we had a great time. Circa's an incredible partner. We look forward to getting back out there and spending some more time with them. And that sports book is really... Oh, until it's, you it's see it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, until you and see it. And
1: stadium swim. Oh. Yeah. It. I, I don't know... How you could go anywhere else at this point? If you if you're going out to Vegas, if you, if you want to watch some games, you want to. I mean, we we didn't even have to leave that. No, that Circa complex. I mean, we we, we did to play a little blackjack, just walk around a little bit. Fremont Street. That, that's that's a cool place. And things like you said uh, earlier last week, it's not like super expensive like a lot of those places in Vegas are. If you go off the strip, like like Circa and you can get it, your money's worth.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I they don't rip you off there. Like a beer's mm-hmm. like $10. It's not and that's a giant beer. That's mm-hmm. not like a bottle. Like it's a it's a good spot. So, real quick um I figure we needed to at least reference Bloom's Uber rating. Oh my god. Bloom's bitching on Twitter. Apparently um <laughs> there was an incident. <laughs> In an Uber on which would have been Thursday night, where he had a perfect 5.0 Uber rating, and being with us in an Uber took him down to a 4.98 in one ride, which Bloom travels a lot, so
1: that's so a, is it? You, you think uh, that was like bump. a bump,
0: a one rating that you got, uh, w- that I got?
1: I mean, it was because it was for you. Let's it's, be honest; it's you, two you were guys the one sitting, Chris. Yeah, but you were the one sitting in the front, so you were sitting riding shotgun with that poor woman
0: poor woman she was antagonizing me the whole she, time
1: i i will say she was into the conversation with you and it, and she was bringing up some stuff that quite frankly i thought was inappropriate
0: yeah i did too i i'm just a wholesome uh you know nice solid christian country boy from the state of iowa
1: but the the thing is is that you 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 had some history already that night with uber drivers <laughs> So what I think happened my to your rating <laughs> I think my rating might have gone down as well. Now I have I've taken so many rides and I'm I, I don't have this prestigious five star like Bloom had. Really? I'm always around like four point eight eight, something like that. And I actually
0: checked mine yesterday and four point nine. Really? Solid. Yeah, very dirty. Okay. So
1: so mine was like four point eight eight. So I don't know if it went down or not. I don't really check it that much. But you, but I booked the uh, the first Uber for us. And you guys, well, you in particular, you—we had that you—you saw some friends out there, and you were trying to get all of us into this this Uber. And it, Uber had like I don't know five or six seats. You were trying to get him this this poor guy to allow somebody to ride on the roof, no, and to lay over people in the back. And the guy's like, "Nope, can't do it." And you were like, "What? What are you talking about?" bad uber driver
0: bad you
1: get zero stars zero stars bad and you wouldn't let him you would not let up
0: (laughs) he was being a jerk well he was just trying to follow the rules right yeah but he wouldn't even like talk to me no he would not he was being really rude i asked him nicely the first time i said hey can we squeeze my buddy in here and he was like no no (laughs) seatbelt." And I was like, come on, like, we can't even have a conversation about this. Like, I just gotta leave these guys here. And, you know, and I, I And and I don't and think they, he understood I, me very well. We never saw
1: your friends again after no, that.
0: No, they no. Just had to leave them behind.
1: But I was riding shotgun that time and I and I whispered I, to him, I was like, Don't worry, I won't I won't give you a zero rating.
0: I feel like you guys um you diffused the situation pretty well. That guy ticked me off though because I just felt like he could have been a little more, hey, listen, I just need to follow the rules here. And I would have been like, okay, I get it. But he was like yelling at me from the get-go. He just like started yelling at me.
1: But you were up in his face. You were like, no,
0: bad. Uber driver, bad. Zero stars. You get zero stars. Bad. Yeah. I don't know if that was one it was of my. A, better it was a moments. rough
1: night for you with the uh, with the Uber drivers. My God! <laughs> yeah,
0: I made it all up in blackjack, though.
1: That's true. Oh, by the way, Nathan is asking. Williams got a limo. hassle only an SUV, and that is true. I don't know what I don't know what you did, but I, you, we all saw the video when you arrived. You you got there a night before me, and you're by yourself in this huge stretch limo, just pounding Michelob Ultras. <laughs> And so, and you're like, oh, just wait, it's gonna be awesome. You, so, I, so I, you know, I go and I find my guy that has my little, has my name on his sign, which was cool. And he walks me out, and he goes, oh, by the way, I don't have the limo today.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't have and anything I, to do with so,
1: that. So, so I get, I get an SUV, and. What I loved about your little video and, and the stretch limo is that I felt like I was gonna get like just some time to myself, just to sit back, relax. This guy talked my ear off the whole time. Oh yeah, and really wanted to know about this this podcast. Just really wanted to know, mm-hmm. like, wow, what what is it? What is this podcast? You, where where you're treated like royalty by Circa? What what are you? I think he thought it was like some kind of international. Like I, I would reveal that I'm some kind of superstar, and I was like, "We just talk Iowa stuff, Iowa." Mm, All right. Then he kind of shut up. But (laughs) I. Then, then of course, so I, I get there earlier in the day. Bloom gets there at night. Of course, he gets a stretch limo.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, you got nothing to say for yourself. I, I can't explain it. I had nothing to do with that. I, I don't know what to say, but it it was nice getting picked up in the limo because it was right around like happy hour. So I had like three beers down before we got to the casino. Which, by the way, it was a fifteen minute ride. So you had three beers in fifteen minutes. Yeah, I wasn't messing around. Like it was go time. <laughs> Landed in Vegas. Like we're we're getting after it. Well, and plus I wanted to get because the Iowa game against Duke was about to tip off. Mm-hmm. Right. So I needed to get a little bit. You need to get lit, juiced up for that one. Yeah, ready to go. Good time. We will. Um, we'll be talking more about that uh, time to come. All right, uh, let's do Iowa. Well, er, real quick. Well, before we get to basketball, what about Brock Purdy, real quick? Shaking up the Holy NFL. Smokes. Just kicked Tom Brady's ass yesterday. That, that game was over in a hurry. Here's the thing that stood out to me is it didn't look – you always hear, Chris, about third-string quarterbacks and, oh, they'll dumb down the playbook and they're going to – Yeah. D- that wasn't the case here. <laughs> it seemed like they opened it up. No, it really did compared to Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that Brock's going to be able to do that in the playoff? I, I, I don't know, but they. it certainly didn't appear that they were hesitant at all with the third-string quarterback. And, man, he looked like a veteran out there.
1: He was the story of the afternoon in the NFL. I think a lot of people were surprised by what they saw from Brock Purdy using his legs as well for a touchdown. Did you Did you read the article? I I think it was I think it was Sports Illustrated, but I'm not I'm not quite sure about how they uh, saw some flaws in his mechanics. Yep. in the offseason and completely redid everything about his his motion and. Added like five miles an hour instantly onto his onto his fastball, so to speak.
0: I did read that. It was Sports Illustrated who who wrote that article. Yeah, it was it was really good. I mean, about how and tell me if I'm go am I reading too much into the whole stuff where he looked too much like a fullback and not a quarterback. And is am I reading into the strength and conditioning I, 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 thing?
1: I. I I've never looked at Brock Purdy and thought he looked like a fullback.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I've always heard about his legs. Like he has Big legend, legs. He has legendary like leg strength for a quarterback from what I've heard. But no, I was just thinking about Iowa State just fired its strength and conditioning coach uh-huh. while I was reading that article. So, I have no idea, but <sighs> well, What are you saying that but I mean I don't know,
1: but look, it at, seems I, like you're you're hinting at something and no, I'm just saying
0: I'm saying like that was that a critique of his strength and conditioning while he was at Iowa State is what I was thinking about like I don't know, like that they were training him wrong. I probably overthinking it, but at the end of the day he is now a starting quarterback in the NFL, and it's a hell of a deal. I mean, you think about where he was a year ago, this disappointing season mm-hmm. he had gone from so Mike Palm. From Circa and I, I interviewed him and Derek Stevens on Friday, right before I left. And we were talking about this. And Paul made a really good point that everybody's treating him like Mr. Irrelevant and all that. But a year ago, so at the start of last year, the start of the 2021 season, he was like favored to be a first-round pick. It is amazing how you can forget that. Right? And I mean, this is a guy who... Started for four years in a Power Five conference and won a lot of big games and like, so I mean, listen, this is a totally surprising story. I'm not trying to say it's not, but I almost too, think like the whole Mister Irrelevant thing. Like, he's probably a better type of prospect than that, but he absolutely fell right. to that. So it's still the story. You know what I mean? It's too bad he lost
1: Debo Samuel yesterday. Um, last reports I saw that it was maybe just a high ankle sprain. Correct. Which is better than a season-ending injury, but he he might be able to be back sometime around the start of the playoffs. Uh, Certainly a huge weapon that uh, San Francisco really can't afford to lose another one. They didn't need him in that game the rest of the way. They already had it in the bag. We'll see what happens uh, down the stretch here. But what, what he did against a really good defense was incredibly impressive. And the first quarterback to beat Tom Brady in his very first start the other quarterbacks were combined either 0 for 6 or 0 for 7 when making their first start against Tom Brady and Brock Purdy man he
0: <laughs> he was awesome he took that and ran with it really happy it was great to see his parents in the stands and all those shots i mean it was really a really a neat story i wanted to bring mm-hmm. in van winkle cuz he is a diehard 49ers fan he's from san francisco he's also a huge Cyclone fan and um Matt, I mean, I know you made it public. You, I, we love you. You lost your dad recently, yeah. who's a big Forty Nine er fan too. So yesterday, kind of felt like it was a special
2: one for you. Oh man, it was crazy. Yeah, I was I was out in the Bay Area. Uh, man, do I have an echo? Sorry. No, you're
0: I'm good. You sound fine. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, it was crazy, man. It was like I was out in the Bay Area for two weeks. And, you know, ever since he came in against the dolphins, it was the nonstop talk in the Barry. It was Brock Purdy. It was the weirdest thing for me <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be out there and having people talk about a guy that I watched play at Iowa state for four years, man, it was crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, it was so cool. You know, I, I got to watch that dolphins game with my dad the day be- before he passed away. And mm. um, man, just to have Brock Purdy in that game, you know, my dad wasn't a huge Iowa state fan, but he knew how much I loved Iowa state and we'd yeah. always text about how cool it was that brock purdy made the team before the season and um man it was it was really cool it, it's it's a great situation for him to be in like you guys have talked about i mean he's in a really good situation with kyle shanahan who was kind of grooms quarterbacks in this way and he saw something in purdy you know but when they drafted him and, and john lynch the same thing you know they talked about that all during you know the draft is that they they loved this guy they loved his intangibles and um man it's it's really paying off in a time when the niners you know they have this team that's built to get to a super bowl they thought they could do it with trey lance they kept garoppolo um looked like a really smart move but man you get to this third stringer and uh man he's making them look really good right now so
0: yeah it just doesn't feel a lot different with Purdy at the helm compared to those other two guys and again like i i if you watch, like, my favorite team, for instance, if Kirk Cousins would go down, the playbook would <laughs> shrink hmm. by 90%, like, even for the backup. And right. that was not the case. So we'll see how he does. He still, like, he had that play at the end of the second quarter where he threw the pick, but there was the penalty, and it was like, oh, there's the old Brock, like, where he eh. got a little too aggressive. But he's got, I've always said it, he's got that Brett Favre in him where he. He will do that stuff, and you just kind of have to live with it. And I would hope that he would do it less in the NFL than he did in college. But um, it was awesome. That was Chris. I woke up yesterday, and I, again, I'm a huge Vikings fan. So, like, I don't know if I had looked forward to watching a game as much, and I don't remember the last time that my, I did. my
1: timeline was full of Brock Purdy, and it wasn't just the Iowa State fans that I follow. It was all the national people that were just couldn't believe what brock purdy was doing and and to do it against tom brady as well just how special is that wow
0: yeah Uh, matt we love you too man we condolences on your dad absolutely matt we've been thinking a lot about you here and uh we're glad to have you back Mm -hmm. um we'll move on to some basketball and then we'll get to the portal stuff the Iowa basketball team lost on Sunday night to Wisconsin I don't want to know if, if I would call it controversial I do want to talk about Fran McCaffrey's technical couple notes Aaron Eulis did not play so they were out with Eulis and Chris Murray mm-hmm. I actually thought Iowa was better than I thought they would be Chris and here's the reason I put out a Somewhat controversial tweet, I guess, to really overly sensitive Iowa fans on Friday. <laughs> what it's was like, that? Well, I said, like, I said, the PSYOD game didn't change my opinion about Iowa State at all because I knew that they were capable of games like that. Like, uh-huh. that's just the way that they're. What disappointed me is that Iowa was more physical than them, like all that stuff. But like offensively, Iowa State's going to have duds. We just know this. It's how mm-hmm. they are. They're a mid-major roster that plays its ass off and defends, and that's how they beat teams. And they didn't do that, and Iowa kicked their ass, okay? My concern for Iowa was without Chris Murray going forward. So you see this all the time in sports where you lose a guy and everybody for a day is like, oh, next man in, and they rise to the occasion where Iowa clearly did that against Iowa State. That was as good a defense as I've seen a Fran McCaffrey team play against a good team. They were intense. They were physical. And my thought was, can they keep that up without their best player? Mm-hmm. And I said, if they can, then that this looks like a really, really dangerous team if they can get Chris back and if they continue to defend with that level of physicality. But that is a difficult thing to do. That was my point. I expected them to. I I expected them to lose by seven to 10 points yesterday, not because of a shot against Iowa. It's just the ebbs and flows of sports. And I didn't know if they would be able to come down off of that high against Iowa state and everything that went into that, all things considered, I thought they played pretty well to even be in overtime. But of course there was more to that game than just Iowa losing in overtime to Wisconsin. Fran McCaffrey gets a technical foul late in that game, where I think it's interesting because now, and I'll throw this to you as the Iowa fan, did McCaffrey's technical fuel the team into overtime because they were down by, what, eight at the time, I think? Or did it lose them the game? Or is I don't it-
1: think it lost them the game, no. I, 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 I thought that the game was heading the wrong way. Uh, McCaffrey gets teed up. It didn't really cost them, though, because uh, they would have had free throws anyway after the foul that was called. So the two free throws were made. Wisconsin didn't score on the possession that they got out of the technical foul. So I don't think that—I mean, I'm not blaming— I don't think Fran McCaffrey is to blame for that loss. It It was, in my opinion, a pretty bad call. And I also didn't think McCaffrey, before he did the laser-eye thing— I don't think he did enough to warrant a technical. All he was, all he was doing was he was out there on the court saying, "What is going on here? What is going on here?" He gets teed up, then, then that's when he wa- walks out on the court and gets <laughs> just staring lasers and trying to. He looked like a blowfish. His cheeks are all puffed up. He's very. But he didn't. Um, he this was him. after he got the technical. Yeah. He's lucky he didn't get a second one for coming all the way out on the court and doing that. I'm, I'm surprised he he didn't, quite frankly. He he was able to somewhat compose himself after that. I think 10 years ago, it would have been one of those moments where he's throwing his coat and just going after everybody, getting kicked out, game over, composed himself. and And the team composed themselves. They were... They eventually fell down eight points with under a minute to go and then had this miraculous comeback to send it into overtime. But there were so many moments where, you, you talked about the defense, so many moments in overtime where if you could just get a stop, I think Iowa would have taken control of that game. Five different occasions in overtime, Iowa took a three-point lead. Five different times. And every time, Wisconsin responded. Mm-hmm. Every time. So they could not build that two possession lead and they did not play good defense at all. Yeah. The last 10, 15 minutes of that game.
0: I mean, that's just why I'm still skeptical going forward. I mean, and again, this isn't, you know, I wish fans could just look at like, we're just, we're just analyzing what we see. They kicked Iowa state's ass Mm -hmm. and Iowa state has plenty of its own issues. (laughs) Right. We all know. Um, But with Iowa, like, I'm not going to be sold until I see them defend consistently under Fran McCaffrey. And I just Mm – they just don't. And they did that night, and but they also hit 12 threes, and, like, they were awesome. Like, I Iowa wouldn't have lost to many teams in the country. They were phenomenal without their best player. But can they continuously bring that type of defensive intensity? We've seen it for little stretches, but never a long enough time where I'm convinced this team can make a – Long tournament run, and we'll see. I just, it's going to be tough, though. I mean, w- hopefully you get Chris back. I mean, the, what what is the outlook on that? Probably I have the first not heard. Of the year, but
1: I, I mean, I I don't expect him back for several weeks. I mean, he's 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 on crutches. Still has the boot, um, and it's it's kind of uh, ironic, I guess. Is a, a couple of weeks ago I was saying. How I'm actually happy that this team isn't very deep because Fran McCaffrey has a history of going way too deep, like sometimes 10 players deep, where your best players don't end up playing 30 minutes. Well, this team, unfortunately, has had some injury problems, and now you're getting players on the court that probably shouldn't be on the court. I mean, Peyton Sanford should not have been on the court for much of that game, he is really struggling. And I think he played maybe five minutes too much in that second half before he was finally taken out. The Kingsbury kid got in yeah. and, and played a few minutes in that game. And so they, they had to go, I think, deeper into the bench than they want because Uless and because of uh, Chris Murray's injury. I I was like you. I, I I wasn't sure what to expect against Wisconsin. I did not expect them to win. And if they could have gotten that. Oh, it would have been huge. Monstrous, especially with the comeback that they had
0: to take two of three in that three-game stretch. Just would have been yeah, that especially as, as
1: bad as they looked against Duke in the the first yeah. game of the week to come back, blow out Iowa State, and then squeeze one out against Wisconsin didn't happen. And unfortunately, that's that's been the case for Iowa in these early December Big Ten openers. I was I, I was going back last night looking at their past schedules, and I think only one year in the last seven has Iowa started with a win in the Big Ten. Six of the seven years they lost their first Big Ten game. And that's it's tough because then you have to sit on that for the next several weeks where you're looking up at everybody in the standings and Iowa just, for for whatever reason, a Big Ten... Championship has eluded them since seventy nine, eighty, and most years they they're out of the running for a Big Ten championship so early in the season. It's it's too bad because uh, I think you win this and and then you're feeling really good with hopefully Chris Murray and Euliss coming back for uh, the the major part of conference play, which will begin in January. But I think all in all, all in all. Pretty good start for Iowa basketball.
0: I, th- I think so, too. No doubt. Compared to what I thought they were going to be, I, they've exceeded expectations. Especially when you consider Chris being out the last two mm-hmm. games. I mean, to get that Iowa State win. Listen, here's the deal on Iowa State. They are, and they and they beat McNeese uh, yesterday by like 50 or, or whatever it was. I don't really have a lot of analysis on that because that team's not any good. Iowa State is not going to beat good teams by being this elite offensive unit. They're just not. Their recipe to success is to bully the other team to be more physical, rebound the basketball, finish around the rim. And they didn't do anything against Iowa. It was probably, I mean, we don't have a lot to go off of. That was the most disappointing game of Otz's tenure at Iowa State, just based off the fact that that whole program is built on that physicality and defense and toughness. And they, they got out tough by what most would consider to be a finesse style of basketball team that is the Iowa Hawkeyes. And that was the disappointing part to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and they, they cannot win games against good teams, and Iowa is a good team, by well we we need to go out and hit 10 3s cuz that's not going to work for them they'll they will not be a tournament team if they don't bring it so you know props to Iowa uh, I I give I, I put I, I think Otts was pretty hard on the team I mean if you watch his post game he he was very honest about his disappointment and you know the I don't want to say effort, but just the the physicality and the energy. And that that was the shocking part to me. Chris, I thought if Iowa State would lose, I thought it would be like, oh, this game was called really tight. Iowa hit some Mm -hmm. shots. No, Iowa out to Iowa State. And that is a recipe to disaster in that style of game, especially when you factor in all the energy in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. It's probably the best crowd that will be there all year, one of for sure. Um, the emotion of Chris being out and all those guys, Rice, Rabracha playing his best game. I mean, they 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 were awesome. They could have beaten the Warriors on last Thursday night at Carver Hawkeye. So, you know, how does Iowa State bounce back? We'll we'll see. We unfortunately we really we really don't know until New Year's Eve against Baylor. Yeah.
1: That's that's
0: what I hate about
1: these uh, these early season big games. Is sometimes you you if if you lose like that. You want to just get back out there. You want to get back out, not against McNeese, but yeah. against a team that has a pulse, an equal footing team. And Iowa State won't have that opportunity till they jump into Big 12 play on New Year's Eve. So you, you kind of just have to sit on that and let it eat at you. And I don't know, maybe that's a good thing for this
0: team. With they the, do get Trey King. The Georgetown mm-hmm. transfer becomes available, so – The offense will be a little more palatable. You have another shooter um, in that sense. But I don't think, Chris, like, it's really difficult for these guys to come in. Trey King hasn't played in two years. Hmm. So to just expect him to be thrown into the best conference in America after playing at Eastern Kentucky two years ago and be like, okay, go out there and be like a heavy rotation guy. It's just hard for me to believe, but we'll see. I think he'll get minutes. But I think that the group that you have right now is who Iowa State's going to war with in the Big 12 for the most part. I think we have two tournament teams, though. I do I do believe that. I, I think, I think that, so, too. I think we've seen that now, which is awesome. That mm-hmm. makes this job a lot more fun.
1: No question. And I feel like now we finally... It, it takes a lot to break through that wall from football season to basketball season. In some years, it takes me a lot longer than others. I think... This past week, I've finally been able to break down that wall and embrace basketball season, uh, like we should for these kinds of games this time of year. With uh, all the 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 three tough games that Iowa played, and uh, you know, obviously the Cy game, the the men, the women. Even though, boy, that was a, it was a rough week for you there, Christopher. It was brutal.
0: And, and the wrestling Did you add in the wrestling, my God! Vikings but, lost to the Lions, but. It's a cyclone state, right? It is a cyclone state, damn it. I'm glad you brought that up. Fired what the hell up. is that? So Iowa you State have that won the week. Cyhawk Trophy. The giant You get Cy-Hawk. your ass
1: kicked in wrestling, women's basketball, and men's basketball. Like, basically three straight nights. Yeah, it's a tough one. And race. then all of a sudden, I start seeing these tweets come out. It's tough a cyclone track. state! Yeah, it's Iowa a tough State marathon. wins the Hy-Vee Cyhawk
0: Series thanks to the Iowa State men's diving team. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, Chris. All the sports count the same, and right. Iowa State won the Cyhawk Trophy for the second year in a row. Yeah, let's see who.
1: uh, So here's the picture tweeted out by Iowa State. It is a Cyclone State.
0: What are you? What are you arguing? So okay, I see.
1: There's a football player there. Yep, you won the football game. Uh, I'm trying to figure out one of our worst
0: teams we've had. you know, fifteen okay. years and still went into Kinnick against your vaunted defense.
1: But then, who are the other people you're highlighting? Looks like maybe a, some a swimming, track, cross a track country guy, a volleyball, another
0: track guy, a volleyball, yeah, uh, soccer, a, a high, beat him in high soccer. diving,
1: girl, soccer,
0: yeah, beat him in soccer, yeah, Cyclone State, man.
1: <laughs> Print the shirts, 2022 Cyclone State. God
0: it that that it, come you, on how you do don't you really, deny it they won you the sihowk really
1: you don't really take pride in that right
0: here's my guess the is, Iowa
1: corn sihowk
0: trophy i mean didn't isn't it a deal where you know they probably have to do that right like i mean who anybody like it's they're they're playing to you know whatever
1: well it's a sponsor yeah yeah it's yeah but I'm saying as a fan, you don't really like
0: give a I, shit about, come <laughs> on. I mean, I, I don't say I won't, but I do care to an extent, but it, it's less fun to brag about after a week like that, <laughs> right? Because I actually do like, I, I take my daughters to volleyball. Like I, I'm different than you. Like I actually will go, we go to women's basketball games all the time. We. we, what, we what are pay. you trying to say? I'm trying to say that you. I'm are, different than you. I go to.
1: I call women's basketball games. What about volleyball? Um, <laughs> I did call one volleyball
0: game in college once. I love calling volleyball. It's it's the most fun play by play to do. I, I do not agree with that. It's absolute blast. I used to go to the girls' high school tournament, and like fifteen radio stations would just hire me out. Like I'd call games all day. In Cedar I don't, Rapids. I don't, even, it's a blast.
1: I, I don't even know how to call a volleyball game.
0: All I, I, know I did is it once a,
1: in college, and I was like, oh, there's the digger. Is that what? Is that what they're called, the digger? That would be
0: a back row player. Who's the one the, that, like, is it the role? The libero. The,
1: li, the libero. Elite. Uh, libero, that's
0: what it was. The libero. Yeah.
1: Ugh. Elite. I'm not saying volleyball is not exciting to watch between two good teams, but to call, eh.
0: I, it's fun. You have to have a good color guy That's the key You have to have that good <laughs> well, color Well, I guy. was doing it by myself So I used so. to have this guy He's like this old legend It's like old volleyball coach Who was retired And he would come and be my color guy It was a blast He's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got all this like terminology Keep in mind we're doing this for small town radio too So the people listening are like in nursing homes Like They don't <laughs> like, <laughs> Who it was, what, was it Zip Rizzo? Steve Irwin was his name. Irvin. Steve Irvin. Shout out.
1: I was going to say Steve Irwin was the crocodile guy.
0: Uh, Let's do an update on the portal. Justin Jacobs to Oregon. Keegan Johnson to Kansas State. That sucks. Hmm. Iowa State's not going to get rid of him. Um, Yeah. Iowa State really hasn't lost anybody of note to the portal. So, TJ Tampa's coming back, which he... He's a top five cornerback in college football, so that's a huge win for Iowa State to be able to hold a keep a hold of him. Uh, Iowa State got that running back from Stanford. He also had an offer from Iowa, so that was a mutual interest kid. Cyclone State, you think he saw that tweet and he was like, you know what? <laughs> They've got
1: the better women's swimming and diving program. I'm
0: going there. Um, what are the? I was reading some stuff on Justin Jacobs to Oregon. Uh, just on Twitter, feels a little bit Tyrese Hunter-ish to me as far as how fans are reacting to this one. Now, a little bit less because he's not transferring in conference and all that, but the Iowa fans seem extra salty about this one. Would you agree? A little bit, yeah. Um,
1: I just – it doesn't mean much to me because we didn't see him out there on the field. I'm not saying he he couldn't have been a, a great player down the stretch, you know, years to come but it's it's a little different when you lose somebody that didn't really do anything yet so it doesn't i mean all, all power to him oregon great maybe he, he went to iowa and he's like you know what i made a mistake i should i should have gone to a bigger brand because who was it down to it was iowa and ohio state he was deciding between when he originally he's from ohio committed. yeah
0: um and he and has his degree i i bet you oregon got him a nice little paycheck there so one of the their things bloom. i i I want to talk about this, and this is where, like, I probably wouldn't have blamed TJ Tampa either. A lot of Iowa fans I saw were like, why would you leave? You're playing for this elite defense. You know, you, oh, you're oh, you just – it's all about the money. You just But, like, that's kind of the point. Some of these guys want to win, right? Like, Like, that is a thing. And I have no idea about Justin Jacobs. I don't know anything about it. But I think it's somewhat natural for – these guys on the defenses of our two teams, especially yours, because it's been the case for longer. Like this is a longer pattern at Iowa. But when you're on like one of these guys on defense and you look around, you're like, "Yeah, I want to go somewhere where the offense can put up a damn touchdown when we need them to. <laughs> yeah, like, when I, we don't have to pitch a shutout to have a chance to win the game, right? Like, so I don't, I don't blame him. And hell no, I don't blame any of these guys now. And it's more proof that just getting the game. And I, I know Iowa's clearly doing uh, work with NIL if you look at the Cade McNamara situation and there's other stuff going on that I'm not privy to, but I don't know. Like, it feels like to me, I mean, it was kind of the deal with Tyrese Hunter. The The hard part with that is that it was in conference, right, and everybody hates yes. Texas already. So, I like, that got really – and that's going to be the saltiest game. Man, if you can get up to that, you can stay at my house. I'll get us tickets to go watch Iowa State. and t- Like, that is going to be – Adam Alaska 2.0 <laughs> when Tyrese Hunter comes to Hilton. But yeah, I don't know. Like the Jacobs deal to me, but I'm not an Iowa fan. It's just like you hadn't seen him. Yeah. He's going to Oregon. He's going comp- to, you not feel even going to see had, him.
1: Hadn't, hadn't really seen him on the field. And now you're not really going to see him anyway, ever, because he's out playing in the in the Pac 12.
0: Like a watered down Pac 12, too. Like they're not even going to, he's not going against USC.
1: Yeah, unless uh, the Big Ten decides to add Oregon and Washington, and then he he does eventually come in and play. Well,
0: he's only got one year, so even That's that, it? like, uh, yeah, okay. He's a grad transfer. He got his he's... degree and then he transferred. His dad was on Twitter. Um, his dad was on Twitter saying he got his degree and like wanted to try something new. Which it's like, all right, if he can go hey. make a couple hundred K or what, I have no yeah. idea what it is. Sure, I don't know. Iowa probably
1: used all their money on McNamara.
0: I mean, and then we're out there. Like our teams are out there trying to raid these smaller comp. Like, I, look at Iowa State basketball. Okay, you lose Tyrese Hunter. Okay, well we're gonna go raid all these Atlantic Ten teams now.
1: Yeah, poor St. Bonaventure. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I did a St. Bonaventure game last year, and basically you got you got their best players.
0: Yeah, you got their two best players. You got the best player from VCU. Mm-hmm. Like you just—that's exactly you the A10. What, yeah. It's the world we are living in, unfortunately. Mm. One other sad story here before we wrap it up. Grant Wall, oh, the legendary writer, soccer writer, and I, and I don't say that lightly. I am not a big soccer fan, but I would always read Grant's stuff with Sports Illustrated back in the day. He got me into the sport. He's and I I do not know him. I saw him at one NCAA tournament. I believe I shook his hand. That was years ago. Um, but really, and I I believe you knew him, right, Chris? You've worked with him before at HQ. Just a tragic I, story of him dying at the World Cup. I interviewed him
1: a couple times this World Cup on CBS Sports HQ. I interviewed him after the US uh, won. Their game in, in group play, uh, just r- really great guy, so well-respected. And I, I've heard from so many people about the way he really transformed soccer and the way people look at soccer in America. But from everything I've heard, he could have been like the great college basketball writer of our time. Uh, back fifteen years ago, that was his beat. He was mm-hmm. he was covering, as you said, you met him at the NCAA tournament. He he was the one who wrote the the article on LeBron James when he was a childhood prodigy and in, in high school, and wrote the article on uh, when Kansas won the national championship in that epic game in two thousand eight. That cover story with the with the shot, and and a lot of Kansas fans have that Sports Illustrated uh, framed in their house. Um. Just a just a horrific, heartbreaking story. Um, falling ill during that that great match, um, Argentina and the Netherlands, and they they stretchered him out. They took him to the hospital, and he, he he just didn't make it. And I know there's a lot of talk about it on social media, but um, but I think the 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 most important thing is just how he's being remembered among not only his peers but but people who only met him once or twice and just said how he would just go out of his way to to help them out to give them encouragement just a a, a plus person
0: grant wall i love the fact that a little bit to tie it back to the leech deal too i really respect guys who just kind of do it their own way mhm and wall was a guy like that where i just i always found it fascinating even like ten years ago, well, this this guy makes a living, and all he writes about is soccer, because mm-hmm. that's hard to do, in the United States, right? Like that—that's a—and he was so good at this craft, like it, he'd write about soccer in a way that like made an idiot like me mm-hmm. understand it. So, yeah, it's just really, and now you know, there's a lot of because of his critiques of the Qatarian government and all that stuff. And the fact that he was, there's a lot of stuff spinning around and it, and that kind of makes your heart hurt for his family mm-hmm. and stuff. Cause now there's questions and, but we'll um, I wanted to bring that up. Cause I, sorry for uh well I'm sure that everybody at CBS is just real torn up about this.
1: Yeah. I mean, people that had just had just talked to him that day I and mean, people it's that brutal. I work with on a daily basis, I think he was planning on coming on CBS sports HQ at the end, when that game ended, that epic uh, extra time penalty shots game, um, and just—I mean, I—the only thing I could say is, boy, he—he he went out doing the yeah. thing he loved the most. And that's a freaking what World a lot of people say. I want to go out doing what I love. I mean, he was at the World Cup in the press box.
0: I read a stat about the amount of stories he had written since the World Cup began, and it was incredible. Like just cranking them out one after
1: he was working his ass off
0: he had written like 28 stories or something like that just it was really inspiring really inspiring Mm -hmm. i think so i hope that that's how we can kind of kind of remember him well thank you to uh fairway of course get out there and stock up on that holiday meat i'm gonna try the prime rib but i'll do other other meat too do you ever do a ham you ever smoked a ham i've never smoked anything you just let other people do it for you. Well, I I've never been at a house where
1: someone has a smoker and they're just smoking meat.
0: Zavolinsky's never done that for you? No,
1: because when I knew Zavolinsky, he wasn't a he wasn't a smoker. Oh. He's 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 only become a smoker.
0: Zavalinsky moved away. zavolinsky has been a inspirational figure for me in my meat smoking career. See, I it's just to me, that, that t- t-
1: takes up too much of my time. I mean, he's getting up in the middle of the night on weekends to go start smoking meat. Yeah, I've done that. You've gotten up in the middle of the. I, yeah. I can't. I can't get to that point.
0: Get the family coming over. Got to get the pulled pork on early, noon dinner, three a.m. Boom, throw it on there. God bless you. Take a lot of. Pr- I'm, I'm a man who takes a lot of pride in his meat, hassle. Well, I just like eating the meat.
1: I don't I don't really wanna prepare it all.
0: Hey Maddie Van Winkle, bring you in here real quick. Are uh, you gonna to come to Vegas with us next time? Well, I'd love you, to. Can you, Let's can do you it. Handle it.
1: Let's do it. I'm in. Just just do not book an Uber <laughs> that Chris Williams is gonna be involved with.
2: That video that, was awesome though that they put together for you guys. Man, you guys had a great
0: time. Yeah, we did. We did. Indeed. No, the, uh, we, we, uh, we like ate it all ate, we drank ate pretty it
2: all. Well. Yeah, you guys ate Oh it my all. God. Jeez.
0: The Barry Steakhouse. That oh, night was, jeez. One of the best meals what ever. Where we got
1: had. the, we got the rib cap.
0: We did. Yeah, we, uh, it was the guy, Barry. It was his, it was meat from his actual farm in Kansas, we were told, was the jeez. backstory to it. And then they were smoking those cocktails. Yeah, they had a uh, you know uh, they had this cocktail
1: waitress that would wheel everything up to the table and make the old fashions and the manhattans right their tableside. I had never seen that before. Usually, you get that with like guacamole tableside guac. Jesus Damn. Williams, what, <laughs> the, you got egg dripping all over your face in this picture.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. A victory Burger. That's like their. That would be like their. Um Adam Emenecker challenge, what I was just crushing right there. And listen to real quick, uh, quick programming note. I'll have this up this afternoon, an extra podcast. Ken Miller and I did a little bit of a how to bet bowl games in 2022 pod. And we interviewed Jeffrey Benson, the odds maker, the head odds maker for Circa. And we talked to him a little bit. One of the questions I asked him is, like, how do you set these over-under for Iowa games? Like, really? Like, oh, man. And it's fascinating to hear, like, how their mind goes through that. Mm-hmm. So that'll be up on the Iowa Everywhere Feeds oh, at cool. some point today. We'll have a little extra content this week. All right. Um, appreciate you, man. It was fun. I- I'm still trying to recover from all the fun we had in Vegas. Just drink a lot of water, baby just drink a lot of water (laughs) thanks to fairway thanks to circo we appreciate you guys two guys named chris back on thursday this week we'll do a little the best bowl game of the year we're gonna have a cure bowl preview texas san antonio versus troy on friday we are gonna be fired up for that yes now that's gonna attract ratings all right have a great week everyone take care Iowa Everywhere.